The call to worship this morning is from Psalm 19. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. Just join with me in a, a word of prayer here before we get started. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Heavenly Father, as we gather in this place this morning, we, we thank you for that opportunity which we have to do uh, just that, to honor and worship you and learn from you in, uh, in a safe place and in a warm place. And uh, we just can't thank you enough for the many blessings you bestow on uh, each and every one of us. And as we learn, uh, we uh, also pray that you would help us put it into practice, not just to use it within these walls, that we would uh, take it to the streets and uh, glorify you in everything we say and do as you would see fit. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. We'll do the, the Bible reading at this time. If you want to uh, turn there with me to Psalm 119 in your devices or Bibles. I'll be reading Psalm 119, 89 through 104. <clears throat> Psalm 119. Your word, O Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Your faithfulness continues through all generations. You established the earth, and it endures. Your laws endure to this day, for all things serve you. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have preserved my life. Save me, for I am yours. I have sought out your precepts. The wicked are waiting to destroy me, but I will ponder your statutes. To all perfection I see a limit, but your commands are boundless. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. I have kept my feet from every evil path, so that I might obey your word. I have not departed from your laws, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts. Therefore, I hate every wrong path. All right, if you have Bibles with you or 
in some form or another, uh, I would encourage you to turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3. And while you're doing that, I would like you to think about a couple of things. Uh, one of them is uh, this, whatever color this is, my temptation is to say salmon, but uh, oh, it's good. All right. Um, what we want to do as a church and what we are encouraging you to do is to embark on this journey where we read, we as a church, read through the entire Bible in this year of 2015. So what we've done for you is we, are, we will break this down for you. This is a three-month schedule. You can tack this onto your bulletin board or magnetize it on, on your fridge or whatever you want. And then every week, what Melanie has done is she has put the schedule on the back of the bulletin as well. And then also in the inside of the bulletin, there is a, a place where you can go to the website and you can read more um, you get more help and do whatever you need. If you have a device, you can enroll in a Bible reading plan, or if you have a computer, you can enroll in a Bible reading plan, and they will send you the pertinent passages every single day for you to read. Now, um, when you embark upon this, it's highly unlikely that every single one of us is going to do this for 360 five days or 361 days, this being January 4th, uh, this current year. So when you do fall down and you miss a day, pick it up and read back, pick it back up the next day again. You know, it's like, it's like learning to ride a bicycle. When you fall down, you get back up again, you dust yourself off and uh, you get back up again. So let me encourage you to get involved in this, even if you can't do it all. But try and track with us because we will, I will be speaking on this. I don't know if you noticed, but just about all of the songs that Jason picked this morning dealt with the Word of God and what it does in our lives. And, uh, and I'm going to be speaking on that a little bit this morning. But let me encourage you to at least get involved with this partially. If you, if you can do it full tilt, uh, I commend you for that. Uh, some of you... Uh, are, are, well, we'll talk about why some of you won't do it a little bit down the road here. But anyway, let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. And uh, we will be reading in various places this morning, but we're going to start there. 2 Timothy chapter 3, and I'm going to begin reading at verse 14. Paul is writing this, this letter to his young protege, to Timothy. And uh, Paul is at the end of his career. Timothy is at the beginning of his career. And so he's writing these words to Timothy. And he says to him in verse 14 of chapter 3, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, and here's where we want to focus, how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed 
And that includes Leviticus and the genealogies, okay? All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful, whether you like it or not, and whether you think it's dry or not. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, we're standing at the beginning of a new year. All of 2015 is ahead of us, and when I was writing this morning, I had to write the date on something, and it's the first time I wrote the, the, the 2015. I hey, this is kind of cool. Now, so it's time to do some thinking and some planning. So I thought, well, what is my, where's my stool? Oh, what's my 2015 going to be like? What should I do? Should I, should I undertake something new? And, and so, okay, I thought, here's something I can do. I think in 2015, I'm going to grow a ponytail, get some earrings, and buy a set of drums. And, and I, I thought, I'm going to learn to play the drums in 2015. Now, I haven't talked about this with my wife, but here's my plan. I'm going to buy a really cool set of drums and put them where our dining room table is and practice every night. All right, if looks could kill, I'd be falling off. <laughs> and I thought, nah, <laughs> probably not a good idea. So, you know, like, what are we going to do? Um, what's the point? You know, even if I grow a ponytail and get earrings and learn to play the drums in 2015, what difference will it make? Probably in the long run, not a whole lot. Um, and in light of what's going on around me, and in light of what's going on in the world, maybe I should be looking at something bigger than just myself and just my own interest. Oh, this thing is... There we go. I have a lock button on this somewhere. There. So, you know, I asked myself the question, okay, what about... Okay, this is just about me, but, but what about my family? What about my friends? What about my church? What about my neighbors? What about my community? What about the gospel? What about the world in which I live? Should I maybe pursue something with those kind of things in mind? And as I thought about that, I made the choice that I will choose to pursue wisdom in 2015, and I will choose to pursue the wisdom that is found in the Bible. And that's why one of the reasons that we want to do this Read the Bible for Life initiative, to read through the Bible in 2015 so that we together as a church, it's not just a matter of reading the Bible, but it's a matter of pursuing wisdom and learning God's wisdom. Why is there a need for that? So if I choose wisdom as my goal for this year, why is there a need for that? And as I, I looked at that and I thought, why should I choose wisdom? Uh, and I put a, just one PowerPoint slide together. And Anson, if you could get that thing up there. So 
Um, I decided, okay, we're going to see what wisdom is and what it isn't. And I, so you know the synonym, antonym things. So Anson, if you click that again, all those synonyms are going to pop up there. So what is wisdom? It's sagacity or sagacity. It's, it's, it's having common sense. It's being shrewd. It's being judicious. It's having good judgment. It's being prudent or being circumspect or having understanding or discernment. And you think, well, you know, that kind of stuff is way beyond me. Like, I don't need any of that stuff. Like, I'm okay the way that I am. I don't want to pursue, you know, I don't want to be known as a sage or, or well, you know, then, you, okay, here's the other side. So, so if you choose not to, to choose wisdom, then here's what you're picking. You're picking ignorance, imprudence, inability, ineptness, stupidity, and thoughtlessness. Now, okay, which side do you want to be on? Uh, it's, not, it's not much of a, a question, is it? So the alternatives are not really looking all that appealing. So if you look back at 2 Timothy chapter 12, or 3 rather, and verse 12, Paul says, it says, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted while evil men and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. This is the world in which we live. Okay, there are imposters out there. There are evil men who deceive people. And if these were problems in the first century, then these are problems, even bigger problems today. Turn with me back to the book of Proverbs. You'll find it in about the middle of your Bible. It comes right after Psalms. And we are going to go to chapter 2. Why should I pursue wisdom? What will it do for me? Proverbs chapter 2. And we'll begin there at verse 12. We read that wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men. Okay, if, there, if the world is filled with evil men who deceive and who are imposters, wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men, from men whose words are perverse, who leave the straight paths to walk in dark ways, who delight in doing wrong and rejoice in the perverseness of evil, whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. So wisdom will save you from wickedness. It gives you understanding. It saves us from evil, from the ways of wicked men. It also saves us from the seduction of sensuality. I've seen so many people get, get laid by the side of the road because of this, verse 16. It will save you also from the adulteress, from the wayward wife with her seductive words who has, who has left the partner of her youth, and ignore the covenant she made before God. For her house leads down to death, and her paths to the spirits of the dead. None who go to her return or attain the paths of life. Thus you will walk in the ways of good men and keep to the paths of righteousness. For the upright will live in the land, and the blameless will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land, and the unfaithful will be torn from it. Hey, wisdom is good for you. Wisdom is something that is going to make sense for you. Wisdom is something that allows us to live life contentedly and not keep looking for something else. 
And wisdom brings us life and lasting satisfaction. So how do we get it? Okay, if, if we're going to choose wisdom, how do we get it? Well, there are basically two sources of wisdom. Do you remember we talked about um, the simplicity of, of some things, okay? The metric system, the decimal system. If you can count to 10, you've got the decimals and the metric system aced, right? Not that, not that difficult. If you can count to seven, you've got most music theory aced. Like, it's not really that difficult. And when it comes to spiritual things, all you need to do is to be able to count to two. And so, there's basically, as far as God's concerned, there are two kinds of people in this world. There, there's two kinds of a lot of things. And so there are also two kinds of wisdom. There is God's wisdom, which we find in His Word and in His Son. So if one is God's wisdom, what's the other one? It's not God's wisdom. Yeah, it doesn't take a rocket science. Where does that not God's wisdom come from? It comes from either human beings or it comes from Satan and his buddies over there. The Bible calls them powers and authorities. So there are two sources of wisdom. We can either, either look for God's wisdom or we can go to wisdom that is not God's and get sidetracked by it. Now, if we choose to go with God's road, we're going to get into some conflict with the wisdom that is not God's wisdom, but that's all right. You see, um, how do you get there? Okay, so if you choose, okay, I'm going to follow God's wisdom. Okay, now if you want to do that, how do you get to it? How do you find it? You just put your Bible under your pillow and you sleep on it. And, and in the morning, if you do that for 364 days, you're going to be wiser, right? No. So here's, here's a little lesson um, that comes from the Ontario Reader. Uh, it, it's copyrighted 1920. It was one of the primary readers in the Ontario school system. How do you find wisdom? This is a little poem called Wishes. Listen to this. There's wisdom in this little poem. Said the first little chicken with a sad little sigh, I wish I could find a little fat fly. Said the next little chicken with an odd little shrug, I wish I could find a fat little bug. Said the third little chicken with a sharp little squeak, I wish I could feel some corn in my beak. Said the fourth little chicken with a small sigh of grief, I wish I could find a fat worm on a leaf. See here, said the mother from the green garden patch, if you want things to eat, come out here and scratch. If you're going to find wisdom, you're going to have to scratch. And the way that you scratch is by finding it in God's Word. It's going to take some effort. If you look at Proverbs chapter 2, and verse 3, Proverbs chapter 2, verse 3, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God, for the Lord gives wisdom, 
and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. I don't know if you ever watched the show on TV called Yukon Gold. But these are the guys that go to the Yukon and they're looking for gold. They spend their entire summer just working like mad to try and pull gold out of the ground. If you search for wisdom like those people search for gold, then you will find it. But you've got to go out there and scratch. And it's going to take some work. Reading the Bible is not something that, it's not like reading a novel or, or some other things that are easy reading. Some of it is hard. Some of it is dry. Some of it is dusty. Now, some of you will do this naturally. I know some of you are really pumped about it, but some of you won't. And there are some scary things about reading through the Bible. One of them is you might fail. You might say, okay, Lord, I'm going to read. I'm going to get on board with this program this year, but you might fail. And when you fall, you get back up and get going again. You might get stuck. Somewhere along the line, you might say, this isn't working for me, and you're stuck for a little while. Hey, you can get unstuck. You might feel overwhelmed. You might say, well, I don't really understand this. There's another scary thing is that you might actually learn something. That's scary, too. You might be out of your comfort zone. It might interfere with some of your favorites, some of the things you like to read and some of the places you like to go in scriptures. It'll cost you some time. You might wind up needing to change something in your life because what will happen is that God will speak to you and maybe put his finger on something in your life. And then you might actually wind up doing something that, that God asks you to do and that your church is asking you to do as we go on this journey of discovery together. You see... When you get involved in the search for wisdom, you will gain the benefits of wisdom. The passage that Dave read for us earlier in Psalm 119 says these words. Your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. If our world is filled with enemies then reading God's word is going to make me wiser. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. You see, and that's where the difference is too, is between knowing and doing. The scary part is that when you begin to read God's word, God's going to ask you to put into practice the things that you learn. There's a huge difference between knowing and doing. Jesus said, remember I said there's two things you need to know about God. There's basically everything boils down to two. Jesus said there are two kinds of people, those who hear my word and those who do it. Okay, there are two kinds of people, those who are saved, those who are not, those who have eternal life, those who will perish, those who are forgiven, those who are not forgiven. It's, it's, we're down to the two part. But here's the wow factor in all of this. When you read, when you read God's word, in Isaiah 55, you read the words, God says, my word will not return to me without accomplishing that which I send it out to do. 
The New Testament in Hebrews chapter 8 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing joint and marrow, soul and spirit. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. When you read God's word, this is not some dead book. Whether you read it on here, whether you read it on a device or something else. When you read God's word, something will happen to you because this word is living and active. There is a supernatural power that is very much a part of this world. The passage we read in Timothy said, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful. You may get hung up in Leviticus. You may get hung up in the wars. You may get hung up in the genealogies and the begats and, uh, and the senses and, and, and all the rest of these things and all the people who came back in, in, in the return from exile and all the family names and heads and all the rest of that. You know what? God says all of Scripture, all of it, is God-breathed and it is useful. And you may not understand. You and I, we read through that and said, Lord, if you're trying to tell me something, I'm pretty dumb because I'm not getting it. But you know what? I read it in faith because the Bible says that all of Scripture is God-breathed and is useful. God says, my word will not return to me without accomplishing that which I send it forth to do. The word of God is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. This is not like reading a novel. This is not like reading, reading Homer's Iliad or, or, or some other great classics or or, or whatever. This is the Word of God. It is living and active. And when you allow this Word to have access into your life, stuff will happen. Now, we are standing on the cusp, on, on the beginning of a new year. And I have no idea what this year is going to hold. But we're going to start telling stories at the, maybe throughout this year or maybe at the end of the year, we're going to start telling stories. I'm going to start asking you, what are you learning? What have you done? What, is, what has been different in your life because you have been reading the Word of God? And I think by the time we get to December, we're going to have some great stories to tell. So my challenge to you is get on board with this. Um, we'll probably start the small groups up again somewhere around the end of January and go for six to eight weeks. If you do not have a copy of the book, read the Bible for life. You can, you can read the schedule. You have the schedule here. But I would encourage you to get one of those books. There are a number that are left in my office. They're 12 bucks a piece. It's not a whole lot of money. And there are, are questions for you to answer, one or two questions Every day, not a whole lot of work, but it's just something for you to journal, just something to keep you on track. But let me encourage you to get involved with this, to choose wisdom rather than to choose ignorance or rather than to choose dullness or rather than to choose whatever. But let's jump on this and we'll see what God has for us at the end of the year. When Kathy and I made a decision to many years ago, to sell everything we had and to go to Bible school, we were wondering sometimes, could it be, could we be making the wrong decision? And a wise lady in our little church in, in Houston, B.C., 
said to us these words, how can it ever be wrong to get to know God and his word better? And I don't know where this journey is going to take us. Um, we, we start in faith. We start the journey with a single step, and we'll see where God takes us, and uh, we'll see the stories that we have at the end of the year. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it is indeed living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword, that it is the source of wisdom. And Lord, as we get to know you, as we get to know your word, that wisdom will become part of our lives. And so, Lord, help us to choose wisdom. Help us to not only read your word, but then to put it into practice, to walk in your ways. We don't know where the journey is going to take us, but we know who is our guide. It is you, God. It is you, Father God. It is you, Lord Jesus Christ, the living word. We have the written word. And we know that as long as you're in charge, it's going to be a good trip no matter where we wind up going. So, Father, give us courage. Give us faithfulness. Help us to, to read together, to learn together, and to grow together as Emmanuel Baptist Church. We ask it, Lord Jesus, in your mighty and all-powerful name, we ask that your will would be done in spite of us, Lord. Yes, in your name we pray. Amen.